This is Learn Right Radio, your podcast for clinical practice, clinician experiences, and being a clinician in the workplace. I'm your host, Sarah Thistle. Welcome back to another episode of Learn Light Radio. This episode is all about teaming up with safety in the workplace. So we had our own Kaylee Tricano um, speak about her con ed course that she put together for us. So this was all about teaming up with that safety professional, working in the workplace with that team and understanding, you know, how to speak with them or how to communicate um, and how to really reach that common goal of a great safety culture. So this episode on its own is really helpful, really insightful, and it is led by our very own Chantel Gorton. But um, the course, of course, supplements it very well. So it is BOC approved if you're interested in that. Um, so definitely check that out. Otherwise, we hope you guys enjoy the episode and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Well, hi, Kaylee and Sarah. It's really exciting to talk about today's, uh, I shouldn't say today's, the new webinar that we just put out uh, being taught by Kaylee Tricano. She is a safety specialist. And the webinar is called Teaming Up with Safety Professionals to Prevent Workplace Injuries. We have Sarah on the line. Sarah is an injury prevention specialist and Sarah can talk a little bit more about that. But one of the things that we found really valuable about this topic was literally how do we team up with the safety professionals on site so that we're all speaking the same language and we can really benefit um, clients to the best of our ability. So Kaylee, I'll let you take it away and introduce yourself and your background. Great, thanks Chantel. I am so happy to be here and thanks for giving me the opportunity to teach you guys about how to communicate with an EHS specialist. My background is in athletic training. I'm also a certified athletic trainer. I went to Washington State University, go Cougs. And I have worked in the industrial setting as an athletic trainer for three years. Uh, before that, I worked at a high school. And then I've been an EHS professional or an environmental health and safety professional for the last two years. And I, I um, constantly work with athletic trainers throughout my time at my industrial setting as well. Awesome. And then Sarah. Yeah, um, I'm kind of new to the industrial setting. I was trained with athletes, D3, D1, high school. So I'm pretty new to the setting. Um, and where I've been placed recently, I'm also fairly new to working so closely personally with EHS um, and the safety team. So yeah, I love this course and it really helped me a lot. So especially being a noob. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah, if I can ask, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, what were some of like the big, like, ooh, huge takeaways that as you were taking this course and thinking, oh boy, yeah, this is good stuff. It was, it was honestly just the nitty gritty detail of like the different hazards um, and just really breaking down. Cause you know, when you think hazard, you're like, yeah, obviously a hazard, that's probably a hazard, but then to go through and break everything down and um, to see how detailed it actually was, that was, I was not shocked, but I was just impressed by how much there is to it, especially because leading into this, I really didn't know too much about EHS and a safety team. So 
That was a big yeah. one. Yeah. We're not taught about this stuff in school no. in our education, right? I'm a physical therapist. I was never taught any of this. And even You're not. Yeah, even when I was talking with Kaylee about this and we were uh, looking at the course and thinking about some role play type things, it was I I knew I've been in the industry long enough to know that yes, there are all of these other hazards, and I know that safety professionals are usually buried in a mound of paperwork. But I think it was really when Kaylee, you were talking about yeah, ergonomics is in the bucket, but look, it's sometimes it's so low on the hazard list, and it's what it's what we constantly do day in and day out. Yeah, if I can touch on that for just a second, that really resonated with me too when I became an EHS professional because when I was an athletic trainer, ergonomics like was my bread and butter in my everyday. And I could not comprehend why my safety partners didn't like take these as higher hazards because in my head I'm like this is what's hurting people and this is what's changing people's lives for years. And I hear the stories every day and I can't take it anymore. (laughs) So, um, So, but what really helped me was knowing that there are so many higher hazards and a safety professional's priority is what will kill someone. It is not necessarily what will injure someone or maybe even cause surgery, but we just don't want anybody to die. And that's, that's our priority. So when, when an injury prevention specialist can really take up the slack and help us out, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, I didn't ever ask you this before, Kaylee, but what, what made you go from um, athletic trainer to safety professional? Thank you for that question, Chantel. Um, (laughs) Well, I was working as an injury prevention specialist and I would put my hands on people and I would rehab them and they would come in and I would hear their story And then I would go out and I do a worksite visit and I would notice that there's just not a lot sometimes that I can do to help them. And everything I just did for the last 20 minutes and all that effort and all that empathy and all my heart that I'm soul that I put into this body, I saw them go back to the same job. And I was like, just defeated inside when I, when I would come across those just really awkward things that just needed to be redesigned and they needed a team to come in and help. And so I did three years of that and realized that I just wanted to take a crack at it. I, I, I had the opportunity. I want to see if I can do this. And if this is something that I can be good at, because I've heard, like, I have the support behind me and I, I've, I have the experience behind me to drive my actions as an EHS professional. Let's, I want to go see if I can do it. So that's been a fun ride. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's crazy. And one thing that, okay, so aside from just, we don't have any schooling in the safety world or in the EHS world, then there's also, there's quite a bit of certification that goes along with being a safety specialist and there are different tiers. And where, where did you have to start when you, um, you still have your licensure as an athletic trainer, but then additionally, where did you have to start? It was mostly in networking. And I knew I I had a good report with the safety team and they kind of brought me on and then told me uh, through all of my company trainings, then they gave me all the company trainings and they counted my athletic training license as an ergonomic background. Oh, wow. 
And because that's what I did. And I also did a lot of projects um, related to ergonomics as an athletic trainer that I put on my resume. So I also created a body mechanics training that the company developed into a regular training as a supplier and they adopted it into their actual company. And so with that, I showed that I can do this. I have the skills and, and they took me on. And then I was supposed to become an ergonomist. And then they were like, actually change direction, go be a full safety professional for two years. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So um, then I went and did like did OSHA trainings through the University of Washington locally to get that experience. I just found myself in the position and needing the training, which is unique. And I think unlike a lot of other opportunities, but if you're looking to get into EHS, going through your local university and OSHA has weekend or like three day long trainings you can do to get a certification in those certain hazards. So there's like general industry certifications and then there's fall protection certifications and you can put all those on your resume and those can show that you have some sort of education too. I see. Okay. You were, oops, sorry. (laughs) You, you were saying that um, ergonomics was like your bread and butter. So how did you before even deciding that you were going to be a safety specialist or an ergonomist at first, how did you even get into having that as your bread and butter? Because I think of where I started and I thought ergonomics was like this simple thing that we just maybe talk about once and then that's it. So how did you even get into that? Um, I had a, a lot of good mentors mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people at my facility before me that had been there for six or 10 years and had always already fumbled through this process and realized that we need to invent something to like be a barrier between the work and the employee, like addressing the body isn't enough sometimes. And we would just, with our worksite visits, those are so important. The more you do, the more you see and things start coming up more frequently and you start, for me, Uh, personally, I started seeing all this vibration and I was like, I am getting lateral epicondylitis from vibration. That like was a trend that kept coming up. And so then I looked into the research and there's a lot of ergonomic research out there that has to do with musculoskeletal injuries. And so if you want to look those up, that was really helpful to me. And I started seeing this trend between, because I couldn't like cure this lateral epicondylitis. I don't know if anybody else, I'm sure many people have experienced this, but I was getting so frustrated by, I couldn't just rehab this. And, and so I started looking to the cop more of the workplace causes. And those tended to be vibration and wrist um, extension with forceful gripping. And so then I would go on my worksite visits with more of an eye for those things and realize, okay, this is the tool they're using that's vibratory. How do I decrease vibration? And then I would ask around and I would find out that, oh, I need to get a bigger tool, like a heavier tool, because then the force will decrease the amount of vibration you need. But then I'm like, but then they're holding a heavier tool. And like, maybe we just need to redesign the tool. Or maybe we just need like a little soft barrier to cushion the vibration and started asking all these ergo questions. And here we are today. (laughs) (laughs) do you feel like all your dreams have come true um a little yeah sometimes I pinch myself because I had (laughs) no idea like sometimes I think about my my postgraduate recently graduate ATC self and I I just think it's so funny like if I could have told myself where I was gonna go 
I wouldn't have believed myself. Like I wanted to work collegiate sports, uh-huh. <laughs> but this is cool too. And I found that I love it and I make an impact every day and every day is different. And I get to partner. I still get to partner with athletic trainers and physical therapists. And that's really, really nice. I feel like yeah. I have gone in a good line. Yeah. I can give back. Yeah. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that was a little bit of a tangent and I really appreciate that because I think that's probably a question that a lot of, a lot of the listeners are going to have like, okay, hold up. How do we go mm. here and how, you know, there are so many different directions and I think it's not, it's not wrong to switch a career path. You're, we're, we're still taking care of the individual and we're still doing things to help them um, just in a different manner. And so there are just very different ways in which we may merge. But I think one of the really important pieces here is that you have that inlet. So you have seen both sides and you're really able to then explain some things mm-hmm. to us that would be really helpful. Mm-hmm. So Sarah, as you're going through this, do you, do you think that you'll talk a different lingo with EHS team or do you, you know, where do you think that this will really impact us? I think the lingo will come with time. Um, I still refer to some things as things like that's just what the name is and that's it. Um, but I think that'll come in time. Uh, I think first impact will be just noticing things now having this, um, this course as education. Now it's like, uh, when you meet someone for the first time and then you see them everywhere, it's kind of like that. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing for me is just, Oh, that's a hazard. Oh, this is how I can talk about this. Oh, this is a conversation I can have with my EHS specialist and this is how I can go about it. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was a cool course. Yeah. And I think a big thing that you talked about Kaylee, um, was really, I mean, you went to be safety specialist and your whole idea was instead of reacting Um, And we're not, we don't react, but sometimes we have to because we don't know about them. But instead you went the route of, okay, let me go get my certifications, my extra education so that I can remove the issue instead of just reacting to it every single time and trying to catch up because eventually, yeah, we clinicians get stuck or we just, sometimes we get frustrated just like you. And um, so having people like you on the other side where you're like, all right, let's remove this instead and not even have it be an issue in the first place. That's huge. And that's such a mindset. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm happy I can help you with that and, and hopefully others. Um, one thing I like to think of about a safety professional is that like when I was an athletic trainer working soccer, I would walk the field or my lead athletic trainer would have me walk the soccer field and look for any holes and look for any sprinkler heads, make sure we didn't have an ankle spring. And I feel like that's basically the same thing that I'm doing now. I'm just walking the factory and I'm looking for the potholes and I'm looking for the sprinkler heads to make sure that all those obvious things don't impact someone's life. It's a really, it's really simple when it gets down to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you have any questions for Sarah, Haley, and anything before we? Um, I don't, was there anything else that stood out to you as helpful or um, or as confusing? Was there anything you need to clarify? No clarification uh, at the moment, but honestly, I would love to hear 
from Chantel, since she's been in this field a little bit longer than I have, um, to hear from a seasoned clinician what their biggest like wow was or anything like that. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> uh, I'm just a little bit seasoned. <laughs> I went through a lot of those same frustrations that you did, Kaylee. I came out of uh, sports and orthopedics into this world and and I didn't necess- I didn't really have any direct mentors and so I just kind of put my head down and started doing a lot of research and diving in and uh, you know helped as many people along as I could. I think there's always there's always going to be some learning that you have to do. You're it's it's a difficult road no matter if you have great mentors or you don't. There's just a lot of learning that has to happen with it and some of it's a little bit painful. And um, I've definitely put my foot in my mouth many times talking with safety professionals and learned certain things are like no-nos as far as words, uh, one being the word recordable, right? We, um, we don't talk about that word because then we're not actually talking about the person. A recordable, I mean, whatever. What we're talking about is just caring for the individual and keeping them safe in that manner. And that's really the bigger picture here, not necessarily a number. Yeah. Um, oh, it's it's always below the surface. And everybody knows it's yes. there. It's just kind of like. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to say that word. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like rifles feathers as soon as you, as soon as you start talking about that. Um, I had not uh, heard of the, that uh, matrix, the hazard matrix. And so I will be looking at that. I won't, I don't know if myself, I'm going to say, oh, I scored this on this. I'm going to probably allude to it and say, I have seen the hazard matrix. And if I'm looking at it, I would probably go here. I'm not sure. What do you think? I would like to understand, you know, where is this in perspective to what we should be addressing right now, or maybe what I can help to address little by little that really it's kind of low on the hazard matrix. So I can do something versus it is quite a bit higher and that's something that I need EHS to help me out with as well, or that's something that I want you to be aware of. You might not be aware that it is so high on there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You should use it just like that. And every EHS professional is different and every site is different and everybody has their own reporting. And so it's it's really, um, every EHS professional should be aware of that hazard matrix, but it's really great to go to your EHS professional to even start that relation be like, what, what would you like me to use? What do you use? Um, some companies have policies surrounding those numbers. And so different numbers could mean different things at certain places. Mm. So it's a really good conversation piece. Oh yeah, for sure. And then I think the other one was when we were walking around and I, I, it's a very benign thing to me to walk around and observe people. And I don't usually think of it as um, something that might be alarming to the workers, but you had pointed out, you know, these workers are used to people coming around with the checklist and like checking them off and looking at different things. And you don't want to be that person. You want to be the person who's just there helping them and making sure that they understand that that's there. And so saying something almost every time and asking for permission, even though they're likely going to say yes, but just the act of explaining, I'm here to learn, would it be okay if I watched you a little bit? And I, I don't always do that. I might always like go up and just kind of wave, but I don't 
literally say that. So I think I'll, I'll make a bigger, um, um, I'll make that a priority. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up because that's a really hard one. And that's one I really struggle with too as an athletic trainer. And I didn't, I would sometimes not go on walks because I was so uncertain of how I was going to be received and, and if I was even helping or what I should be looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can, it can be a really scary world out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And I didn't learn about this until I became a safety specialist and so that was really, really helpful because um, we focus so much on a safety culture. And when I went around as a safety professional without doing this, I came across even harder resistance. So now I'm on the compliance side. And I realized that all these other ent- organizations are coming by, like quality is coming by and they're checking things. And the company is making sure they don't have debris or fought and that they're following the work instructions and making sure things are done correctly. And so there's all these checks and balances. And so when someone else comes by, that's kind of sometimes the first thing that comes to mind, that's just what they're used to. They don't think you're there to assist them, especially depending on what culture you're in. And I, I hope I stress that enough in the training, but there are definitely levels and it's not necessarily you or your approach. It's just the perception of the employee and if you care or not, and that's coming from the culture, not from anything you've done. So take it easy on yourself and keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Thank you so much, Sarah and Kaylee. Again, thank you very much for this course. We have been needing it and it has fit a real niche. And um, I know you've had so much fun creating this that you'll probably so want to create many more. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> I had so much fun and help bring all my thoughts together. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, thank you, Chantel. Thank you, Sarah. As always, we hope you guys enjoyed this latest episode of Farm Night Radio. If you are looking for resources um, or you have any questions about the course or LearnRight itself, you can always reach out on our social media platforms at LearnRight underscore NW, or you can check us out at www.learnrightuniversity.com.